And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And on the phone, Dr. Mark Allison, pastor of Malvern Free Presbyterian Church in Malvern, Pennsylvania. It's good to join you men again. Well, gentlemen, it's a, it's a delight to have you here again. I didn't know that we'd be doing this, but uh, it turned out that there was so much to talk about last week regarding the church and folks that have left the church, and we barely scratched the surface. So we wanted to continue again this week, and it's a real pleasure having you here. Um, today I'd like to start with an illustration. The topic, again, is regarding the church. Maybe you've, you've left the church and you're starting to feel a need in your own soul for fellowship with the people of God, to once again come under the hearing of the preaching of the Word of God, to to start taking communion again, to witness uh, the administration of the sacrament of baptism. And you're just longing in your soul for these things because God has made you that way. And if you're a Christian, you need to be in a church. And... Um, you know what? Um, when we come to the conclusion, as Harold Camping has come to, that um, God is done with his church, I'd like you to consider the following illustration. And uh, just picture a, uh, a well-lit room with a chair, a small table, and a Bible. And, and imagine sitting in a chair with your Bible, and on a little table, maybe to your left, is a pocket knife. And you carefully open your Bible one evening and starting with the Epistle to the Ephesians and uh, maybe chapter 4 or so, you take your pocket knife and you just kind of cut out those chapters 4 and 5 and you roll them up and put the pages, now that they're removed, you just kind of toss them on the floor. Then you turn the pages of your Bible to Philippians and and you, you proceed to cut out chapter 1 and roll up that page and toss it on the floor. And you kind of continue through the Epistles because... They're all talking about the same sort of thing, and by now you're starting to wonder, well, what is it that they're talking about? And the subject is the church. They're talking about the church. They're talking about pastors and elders and deacons and how to select these in the book of Titus. And you find that um, by the time you're done that evening, um, most of the epistles are rolled up in little pieces on the floor, and you've uh, discarded a large part of your Bible. And uh, I hope that illustration is useful in understanding what Harold Camping has done to the Bible. It's like you've taken out a knife and you've tossed out, ripped out large portions of the text. And even though he'll open his Bible and try to explain from these passages when he used to be on the open forum and people would call in and ask him, uh, nevertheless, effectively, these pages are ripped out. Well, gentlemen, that is the opening picture and uh, we've been going over uh, comments and questions uh, from people that have posted to uh, Facebook and that sort of thing. People that are really, they're crying out in their souls. Um, here's another write-in, and uh, maybe Mark Allison, you can get us started in commenting about this. Um, this person writes, Salvation is a topic that I am greatly confused about, too. And uh, she says, um, Harold Camping, I believe, said that churches taught false doctrines, that to be saved they would teach that you had to do works, quote-unquote, baptism, confession, you know, believing on Jesus. Um, Mark, can you help us understand what did camping teach regarding works and, and, and that sort of thing in, in the churches? 
Well, Mr. Camping has changed his views over the last years, and so what he teaches now is not what he taught 15, 20 years ago. Hmm. But what he is teaching now is if somebody wanted to be saved, uh, he would go home, read the Bible, and call out to God for mercy. Uh, and that's as far as Mr. Camping will instruct him. Go home, hmm. read the Bible, call out to God for mercy. The impression is given that God may do something, he may not do something, but the people who are hearing what he is saying do not have any understanding as to what God will do if he does something. Mm. Now, that statement, go home, call out for mercy, uh, is not found really in Scripture. Mm. He refers to a passage in Luke where there's a parable our Lord gave between dealing with a Pharisee and a publican. And the publican went to the temple and he asked God for mercy. But the Greek word literally is be propitious. He's standing at the temple, he's standing by the altar of burnt sacrifice where the blood is flowing, and he's praying to God to be merciful to him, the sinner, to be propitious, to make an atonement for himself, to to forgive his sins. He's asking for forgiveness. And when a humble heart comes that way to God, God will receive him, God will save him. In fact, it says that that publican went to his home justified. Uh, He had his sins removed. He was viewed as righteous in God's sight. Uh, Why? Because he came seeking God for forgiveness and for mercy. Mm. And my instruction then would be to someone who wants salvation. If you want salvation, God has already been dealing with your heart. Uh, (laughs) uh, Follow that dealing and come to Christ. When you come to the Scripture, the Scripture always directs you to come to Christ. It never says go somewhere and call out for mercy. It sends you to Christ. And so when the Philippian jailer was shaken to his foundation, and, and he, was, he was actually wanting mercy, and he says, what must I do to be saved? Paul didn't say, go home, read your Bible, call out to God for mercy. Instead, he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thine household. And so the, the Philippian jailer did that. His household came to Christ as well. Uh, the, the instruction to someone who is in, in sin and wants to be saved is turn from your sin, come to Christ. God is commanding all men everywhere to repent and believe, Paul said. And so uh, we are to send men to Christ, and they can know that they're saved. Uh, John says in 1 John chapter 5 that he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. Then he goes on to say that he is writing these things to those that believe that they might know that they have eternal life. And so those that really want salvation, forget about Mr. Camping. Put, put him aside completely. As I, as I spoke with one man in California, uh, he was wanting salvation, I said, you've got to just put Mr. Camping aside. Hmm. He has nothing to do with your salvation. Come to the Word of God. Come to Christ. And, and that young man did that over a two-week period. He finally came to Christ and wrote to us saying he'd come to assurance that his sins were forgiven, that he knew the Lord. And he was trying to help others that were in the same mindset to forget about what they had taught and come to Scripture and actually come to Christ. When I look at what Harold Camping was teaching, it's like he's taking a step backwards. If you look at the, the early Gospels, uh, you find John the Baptist coming. And what is John the Baptist doing? He is preaching repentance for the coming Messiah. So you repent, that proto-evangelium. The, the, the first thing you do is you repent so the next step can be taken. And we even see this in the book of Acts because we have some of these individuals that had come to Ephesus and they hadn't heard it about Jesus. All they had was John's baptism. And before they really became Christians, if you will, they had to hear that gospel that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again. That's the whole thing. 
And that's mm-hmm. what we need. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Yeah, well put. Amen. Uh, I see we're up against the break time here. Today you're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. In the studio with me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich on the phone, Dr. Mark Allison. We're talking about the church, and perhaps you have left the church for whatever reason. In the last segment, I think it was Mark Allison, you were mentioning something that really uh, struck home to, to both of us here in the studio, and that is that if you are concerned about your salvation, if you're inclined to the things of God, then that is a strong indication already that that God is working on your heart. Mark Allison, help us understand that a little bit more. Well, when you come to Scripture, it's very clear that man, in his natural state, won't seek the Lord. You find that stated in Romans chapter 3, that there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh God. So if you have somebody who is seeking God, and they're willing to put away sin, and they want salvation on God's terms, you have someone that the Holy Spirit has already been dealing with. Mm. Uh, I had my own brother, younger brother, who prayed for him for 20 years. And uh, he wrote me a letter saying, I want to be saved, and I know you can tell me how. And I called him, and I, I mentioned to him th- this very statement that I made to you, mm. that God's dealing with you. Don't, don't stop short of salvation. Don't be satisfied that he's yes. convicting you. But come to Christ. Seek mm. the Lord. Yes. And it was joyous a few months later when he, he, he wrote to me, and he, contacted me saying that he'd come to Christ and that uh, he had been saved. We sent him a Bible that he could read, sent him some gospel literature as well, Hmm. but encouraged him just to come to Christ, not to wait, but to come to Christ. And he did that. Uh, So I I think when somebody feels a need, uh, we need to get things out of the way and, and instruct them, you need to repent and come to Christ. And if you will Take Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. He will receive you. Yes, He will. Amen to that. And you know, that that sort of thing can be construed as a work, but it's a work that's been put in your heart by the Holy Spirit. That's the point. 
<laughs> it's a, yeah, you it's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the work of and, the Holy Spirit and, and the Son of God who died and rose again. It's those works that we're depending on. Yes, exactly. yeah, yeah. So um, come to Jesus Christ. Be baptized. I mean, if you've never been baptized before, and now you right. believe on Christ, you know it's 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 only only right. That's God's will for you. And if you want to call that a work, that's fine. Praise God for the work, <laughs> because it is God who works in you to will and to do of His good pleasure. Um, now, there's another topic here that's kind of in the background, and we've been talking about folks who um, were confused and fooled basically by Harold Camping. They left their church. Um, under his false teaching, and now the Holy Spirit has been working on their hearts, and they realize, you know what? I need to return to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a whole other subset of folks out there who um, maybe haven't even heard of this false teacher, Harold Camping, and yeah. they have, have left the yeah. church. Yeah, I look at uh, so many people here who look at the church as just kind of a, a voluntary organization. Okay. You know, they're, they're believe. Uh, do you believe? Oh, I believe. But, you know, uh, the church is inconvenient, or I went to the church and I didn't get anything out of it, you know. And uh, I think last week's uh, program, Mark, described very well, uh, you know, we don't go to church to get something out of it, but to, we go to church to, to worship God, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, there's this, this kind of... Uh, rugged individualist sure. attitude that we don't really need the church. It's just God, you, and me together. Mm-hmm. And and that's totally in opposition to the the biblical concept of of being part of, of his family and being part of his church. <laughs> I'm sitting here starting to chuckle because I'm visualizing this person on, on their boat on the Hudson River. Um, you know, up here in upstate New York, and say, "Well, I go out there every Sunday to worship God. I'm on the river, and it's His creation." Uh, Mark Ellison, what do you think of that? Well, I think there are two things that are in play here. One is your idea of what a church is, and it's more than just an organization like a, a mm. men's club, like a Lions Club, or something like that. Yes, it is a, it's a living body where we are united to Christ with a real spiritual union. And we are united one to another as well with that union. And, and we are in need of one another. The other has to do with the whole idea of worshiping on a, uh, on a day of the week, uh, the Lord's Day, the Sabbath day. Mm. And as that idea mm. has declined in our nation, the independency in doing what you want to do on the Lord's Day has risen. And we have people not understanding that the Lord's Day was set for man to be a blessing to man. And when man turns his back on that one day a week that the Lord has set aside for worship, when you turn your back on that, you're hurting yourself. And and people think, no, 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 I'm, I'm benefiting because I'm using that day for family or recreation or making more money. But you're, you're destroying yourself spiritually. Right. And if you had the proper view of the Lord's day, it goes hand in hand with the proper view of being in a church as well. Yeah, yeah that's so true. That, that I'll tell you... At least here in upstate New York, that's a very unpopular message, what you just shared, Mark yeah. Allison. Um, yeah. People will fight, even even people in some of the churches will say, oh, no, you can't, you can't buy me there at all. But, but it's looking at it the wrong way. It's, it's freedom. It's, it's something God has given you. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. gift to uh, worship with God's people and have that day set aside. They don't do everything on that day you would do every other day. That's true. Yeah. And it's even a disrespect of the 
churches towards one another. Um, I, and then I say true churches, uh, you know, I'm not talking about the apostates. Yeah, no. I, I, I look at those. I, I remember when I had a pastor in Illinois, I said, there's a lot of people. I don't, I don't want to take people from other churches. Mm-hmm. But I says there are a few few other denominations here. That, yeah, I'm be I'm happy to take them from because they've already left the the, <laughs> the sound teachings of the word. No, of but the, but the other churches yeah. that you know I might have a disagreement with here or there, but preach the word. I didn't want to take their people. We have to have a bigger a bigger view of of the church we, we of Jesus have to Christ. Be, and I use this word cautiously, but intentionally. We have to be more Catholic. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. we do. Um, we're talking today about the church. Some folks have left the church of the Lord Jesus Christ for various reasons. We talked a little bit about followers of Harold Camping, how that he uh, had taught people that Satan was in all the churches. Um, we got into salvation and the notion that uh, I can't do anything. I can't be become baptized. I can't confess my sins because all that is a work. And we address that. Um, you know, if God is working on your heart, uh, He is the one that is causing you to be concerned about your salvation. He is the one that's giving you that inclination to join with these people of God, to confess your sins before God, to become right with Him and with His body, to become baptized, to start taking of the Lord's Supper. And so um, um, it's not wrong to do these good works, if you will. They're not saving you, but it's God that's worked in you to desire of them and to do them. And uh, so now we've also talked about folks that just have this cavalier attitude in general, and we we see it where we are. Mark, Allison, you probably see it down in Pennsylvania as well. Yeah, it's it's one of the the sad things, you know, and you especially talked of the Sabbath, and I think the Sabbath is a really a, a, a good example of that. But I actually, a few weeks ago, I was preaching about what has happened to America, and I went through the Ten Commandments and how we have pretty much trashed every one of the Ten Commandments. It's true. And I actually, when I got to the First Commandment, I actually went through Nine Commandments because you realize that the Lutherans combine the first two commandments, okay, and the rest of the Protestants combined the last two commandments, hmm. the, the coveting and then you know uh, have no other gods and and making graven images, and so as I went through them, I hit the first commandment, "Thou shalt have no other gods before me," and I said, I'm, "I won't go to the stake for this, but I think historically, mm-hmm. if you look at 1963, when you have the the removal." of the Bible of Christianity, essentially, from our public school system, mm-hmm. you see the collapse of everything else. It's 1973, you have abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, thou shalt not kill. There there okay. it is. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I remember back in the 90s, still South Holland, Illinois, having blue laws. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And probably no more today. Well, I didn't know that our discussion was going to go this way, but I'm delighted that it did, gentlemen. And that is, um, regarding the Lord's Day, uh, it is a day of delight. It is a day that God has given mm-hmm. His people to lift them up. And um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, I'm sorry to say, on this. And yeah. churches need to respect each other. Uh, you might have one church that where the people are are rejoicing in the Lord's Day worship and and laying aside some of the normal cares of the world. And yet another church will put on some kind of a big event, which kind of 
um, is antithetical to the sister church, if you know what I mean. So we, mm-hmm. we really do have to respect each other if we want the unity of, of, the, of the body. Yeah. I think Isaiah 58 should be uh, read. You were talking about the, the Sabbath being a delight. Isaiah 58 is a, uh, something that maybe the churches should, should read a little more often. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a blessing. It's, it's, yeah. The Sabbath is a blessing. It was made for man. Yeah, yeah. Here it is right here. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasures, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, gentlemen, this has been rich. I, I really appreciate talking with you today about the church those folks who have left the church, um, let's get back to that for just a moment. Suppose you're out there, you're listening to this broadcast, and you realize, you know what? I left the church some time ago, and it would be very embarrassing tomorrow, Sunday, the Lord's Day, to walk into that church. Um, I'd have, quote, unquote, egg on my face. Um, I was telling everybody God was done the church, and here I am walking back into the church. I know we asked this same question last week, but gentlemen, again, we probably have a whole different set of listeners this week. How would you treat that person if they showed up on your doorstep tomorrow, the Lord's Day, and said, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I'd like to come to church today. Well, we would welcome them into the body of Christ to to worship with us. Uh, We would want them, obviously, to be humble as they come, as we would instruct all of God's people. But uh, a church is made up of forgiven sinners. Uh, from the pastor all to every person in that church, uh, they have come for forgiveness. They come for forgiveness daily. And if they come with that attitude, that they, they want forgiveness, they want to be restored to God's people, I don't know any true church that would would keep them out. They would welcome them with open arms. Mm, yeah, Wonderful. Yeah, if pride is the thing that is keeping you from going back to the church, then you realize that that's an even bigger sin. So you you need to come back. And as mm, sure. Mark said, it's just we're we're sinners. Luther said, I believe, on his deathbed, he said, "We're beggars, everyone." And yeah. uh, and that's what we are before mm-hmm. God. So you're coming to the, the church of Jesus Christ, and if the church understands it well, there's not going to be any haughtiness there because mm-hmm. we're all all sinners saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection. And none of us can boast, as it says yeah. in Ephesians. Yeah. Not any of us can boast. And so come. Uh, amen to that. You know, I'm also thinking that um, there may be some follow-ups needed uh, with respect to this broadcast and eventual podcast. Uh, You may have some questions for either of these two fine pastors, and um, maybe you've been um, affected by some of Harold Camping's false teaching. You're starting to realize, wait a minute, this stuff doesn't make sense anymore. He's twisted the scriptures. I really want to return to church, but I'm afraid to. I would like to talk with a pastor. I would like to exchange an email. Uh, Mark Allison, since you're out of the area, could you simply share with our listeners how they could get in touch with you? Um, uh, some of our podcast listeners are going to be down there in the Pennsylvania area. How, how best could they get a hold of you directly? 
Well, if they would call, they can call 610-993-3170, 610-993-3170. If they have the ability to email, I'll just give my email address. They can write to me directly. It's mchhouse, mchhouse at aol.com. And if they were to write to me or call me, uh, that would be great. Okay, so that email address is mch, and after that is the word house, at aol.com. So there's two H's in there, mchhouse at aol.com, to get in touch with uh, Dr. Mark Allison. And Mark Allison, I know that you have done any number of sermon audio postings, um, regarding the, the problems with Harold Camping's theology. So you're kind of one of the experts here on the East Coast regarding this. So particularly, if you have a question about that, I'm, I'm quite sure that Dr. Allison could provide tremendous help for our listeners. Um, up here in the Hudson Valley area, of course, this is where Redeemer Broadcasting is. By all means, contact us. Our email address, ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org and we can get your question over to uh, Mark Diedrich or any number of pastors in this area and uh, you know you don't have to go to our church Uh, we try to minimize saying what church we go to over the air in fact because we know that Christ is working in many bodies here in the Hudson Valley Uh, it may be a challenge to find a faithful church but they're still out there and we would encourage you this coming Lord's Day to go to church. Well, gentlemen, a quick wrap-up thought. I see we're out of time already. Mark Allison, over to you. Well, it's been a joy to be with you again. And we would uh, echo what has been said already on the broadcast, that if you're wanting to get back with the people of God, uh, first, what you need to do is make things right with Christ. And uh, he's the head of the body. And then come on to the Church of Christ and uh, fellowship this Lord's Day with God's people. Amen. Yeah, and I, I would say amen to that. And here again, you know, for whatever reason, if you're listening to this and say, you know, I don't know who Harold Camping is, but I haven't been in church <laughs> in ages, you come. That's a good time you to start. That's right. <laughs> to, to hear God's Word and fellowship with God's people and, and, and use them to help build you up, because I'll yeah. tell you, the erosion that has occurred in our society because people have abandoned the church is huge. It and, is. Uh, we have a huge moral erosion. And so, again, you come where you'll hear the gospel of Jesus Christ declared and God's word taught. Amen. Gentlemen, we're out of time. Thank you for joining us today. This is A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Please join us again next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. Because I cry.